Kiss me, fat boy. 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 Warning: The following podcast contains explicit themes and explicit language. May not be suitable for younger listeners and more sensitive listeners. Also, there may be things that could trigger you, so please proceed with caution. Uh, We are not affiliated with Mr. King. Uh, We are just a book club, and we have no connection to him or any of the entities, or at least his uh, works on various platforms. Um, The opinions expressed on this podcast are those who say it only and not uh, reflecting on any other people or platforms, or sponsors, or hosts, or whatever. Also, um, please uh, read the book first, spoiler alert. Read the book first, or watch the movie, or TV show, whatever it is, before you come and listen to this. You've been warned. Uh, Serena here today. I am solo on this one, and I am doing the Dark Half movie, okay? So the Dark Half book was meh. The Dark Half movie was even worse. The Dark Half book kind of had some like slasher film elements to it, but the movie is just meh. But uh, we're going to do it, so here we are. Um, I did not like this movie, and I remember this movie from when I was a kid. Um, I don't remember a lot about it. I remember a lot of birds, and I remember um, him looking like all weird with this band-aid on his head and everything. Okay, it says that the dark half is listed as the best-selling, second best-selling book of 1989 behind Tom Clancy's Clear and Present Danger. And, of course, that Clear and Present Danger was, I don't know what the book's like, but the movie's pretty good. Okay, so the um, book was released in 1989, but the movie was released in 1993. And it stars uh, Timothy Hutton. And for some reason, I did not remember it being Timothy Hutton. I had like a fake memory of who it was, but I don't remember who it was. Uh, Timothy Hutton, you know, he was in a bunch of stuff and then he just kind of disappeared. And maybe he's still around doing stuff, but I just wonder if he's gone behind the scenes. Because he was in like a bunch of stuff. One, One movie after another, like each year, boom, boom, boom movie, right? And then around 2000, it started slowing down a little bit, and it was like every couple of years. And then, you know, so he went from like every year to every couple of years. But then he got on TV. That's what happened to him, okay. He he became, he crossed over to te- from film to television. And so his big thing was American Crime. He did a lot of, says 11 episodes. He did Leverage, 76 episodes. So... He just crossed over. That's where he went. And uh, honestly, um, he's a good actor, I guess. He wasn't good in this, but it was like a rough, uh, rough situation. Okay, so they had a $15 million budget, but they only made $10.6 million. So I guess that means they lost money. It was about two hours. Um, it was distributed by Orion Pictures. Uh, there wasn't anybody like majorly no. Uh, noteworthy in this now the guy who was playing um my favorite cop he wasn't as i don't remember what actor it was we'll go through that in just a second let me see if i can find his name 
Um, Michael Rooker, okay? Michael Rooker, I think, he did all right. You know, now that he's older, he looks more like um, the Alan from the other movie. But anyway, okay, so he was kind of got that, they got the look down, I feel, in the in the edge of Alan. So that was kind of interesting. But anyway, okay, so I'm just going to go through the plot. Um, so uh, Thad Beaumont, which, by the way, Thad Beaumont is brought up in the future in the book Bag of Bones which I'm just now finishing. I got like maybe two, one or two more hours on it. It's such a good book. And I'm going to do that, that book with a, an, um, an indie author friend of mine. And, uh, he wanted to do that book and it's really good. So y'all grab that book and start reading it. Cause we're going to do it soon. Um, anyway, um, the author, that book is about another author because, you know, it's Stephen King. And um, he is talking about how Thad Beaumont had um, done really well against him. He was his competition. And he'd also referred to um, some other author from one of his books. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but I'll, it'll come to me later. But the point is, is that he talks about Thad and he's like, Thad ends up killing himself. And I thought, huh, you know, that's interesting. So that's the end as Stephen King sees fit for Thad's story, okay? And it's not brought up, I don't believe it's brought up in, in the movies at all, or, or the book. It's just, you know, he survives and at the end. But yeah, whatever, I think maybe possibly that Thad, you know, he was a fancy fluting, uh, highbrow type, you know, like a literature guy. And, and uh, his alter ego, Stark, George Stark, is a slasher guy with this Alexa Machina or whatever, Alexis Machina, whatever his, his name was, character. And he's just a really gory, over-the-top violent guy. And I think that Thad just couldn't function anymore. He lost his twin from the the grave. And, you know, if you've already read the book, because we've already done the book, and this is so this is spoilers, you know, but this is just, you know, this isn't in the movie. I'm just giving you guys this cross-reference, Okay. So, yeah, I guess Thad couldn't cut it after years of uh, being able to write and having to expose himself, which was, you know, parallel to Stephen King's version of Richard Bachman, which, by the way, the Richard Bachman books are so good. I prefer that style of Stephen King because it's kind of dystopian in a lot of ways. So I like that. So the fact that Stephen King considers... Richard Bachman, his side of his personality that he was forced to re- release as well. It's all forced against him as well, just like in this this story. And, um, you know, it's just like one of those things. So but Stephen King continued to write, and he's doing good, but Thad couldn't cut it, I guess. But anyway, um, all right, so Thad, played by Timothy Hutton, um, he is, you know, Basically, he's, he's forced to retire that um, George Stark and come out of the closet of, of um, the pen name. And he's coming out of the closet of the pen name and also killing him at the same time. And then they do, just like in the book, they do the fake publicity stunt with the grave, okay? Instead of uh, George Stark being played by a totally different looking person, because in the book he was totally different looking. He had white, white, light blonde hair. He's like extremely tall and big, you know, but yet um, Thad was small framed and dark haired, I believe, or brown hair, whatever. They just, they, it was like literally like 
twins, like fraternal twins. They they were not identical. Okay. Anyway, but Hutton plays both parts, and I just thought it was stupid. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just like the evil twin is a very soap opera type of device, and it just does not need to be played by the same actor and, and considered to be serious. So this is why I think it failed. As a as a movie device, they should have went with the two different guys who looked maybe similar, like they could be brothers. But they didn't try enough, you know. They tried to make them look somewhat different, but it wasn't enough. I mean, it was just him. It's kind of like I don't know. But anyway, so um, just in the same manner, all of a sudden, when they buried fake buried George Stark, it like gives him physical presence, and he becomes a physical en- entity, and he starts going and killing everybody that brought his demise down, just like in the book. So he kills the photographer that uh, did that, did the photo shoot, that Homer Gamache, and he steals his truck. This is in the movie. It's different, a little bit different from the book. Because in the book, he was just manifesting in places. One minute he's in New York, the next minute he's in, uh, I don't know, Castle Rock or wherever he's at. I can't remember where they're at, but anyway, he um, he murders, in the in the movie, he murders the agent the editor, the agent's ex-wife, who he had tortured, just like, I think he had tortured her. I think that's the one he tortures. I can't remember. Um, he also kills that Fred Clawson was the blackmail guy that had to, made him have to come out. For some reason, they wanted to black, he wanted, in the movie, wanted to blackmail him for being a con. But in the book, I feel like he just wanted money. I don't think he was trying to. And for some reason, it was like a dirty little secret. Like, these books are so horrible compared to what you do. Um, I think he over uh, analyzed the situation. I know he said that he, his wife hates the book, and I'm sure he, she hates the movie. I don't know if she's even read it. And Stephen King is just kind of like, always talking about the dark half this and the dark half that when he talks about his Richard Bachman things. And it's not, it's just something he had to do. It's like therapy, I guess. But anyway, so Stark also kills um, a hotel clerk, several cops, I think some NYPD officers who were guarding one of the of the victims to protect them, uh, two NYPD technicians, um, because they are killed through a, a bomb that, he, that Stark sets up to kill. And it kills another cop and leaves his, that cop's partner um, deaf. And then there's two deputies, sheriff deputies in Maine that he kills. He also um, kills a young woman that had provided some kind of information. I think he just says he left her on the floor. I think he gave he dosed her with cocaine, maybe. He, he like, messed with her. He supposedly slashed her up. I don't know. They just said it was a rough thing, so I don't know if he, like... I don't know how cocaine was involved in that, because, honestly, this movie was so crappy. Um that I was like, a lot of it was kind of like, okay. It wasn't like the book where everything was spelled out. It was just all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, and I did this, and I did that, house. I don't know if he called him house, but I feel like that happened. Okay, so the um, police are obviously saying that it is Thad, because he looks just like Thad, and this whole thing about George Stark being a real um, ooga-booga entity doesn't make any sense so alan pangborn comes in and from castle rock you know even though that he does have no jurisdiction because this has become like a federal thing um he's uh he's still fighting you know trying to figure out what's going on because alan's always this is you know alan's backstory 
Um, he puts, uh, let's see, he's trying to find out where Clawson was. And he was, that guy um, was accused of the death of Gamash. And then the pol- New York police are trying to, you know, figure out what happened. And then they find him that he'd been castrated. Yikes. And his throat slit. They find that the, there's a message on the wall that says, you know, the sparrows are flying again in Clawson's blood. And Thad is like, oh my gosh, which is stupid because in the book, uh, Star didn't know about the sparrows. Oh, in the very beginning of the book, it does show the the kid writing, and he's like, oh, my head, and he has a seizure. And then they do this the surgery. They do show that. And, of course, they do track down the information eventually. Um, that is able to figure out. But he goes, it's like the same thing. He's, like, receiving messages from Stark in his office because, you know, remember, he's a professor at a college. And um, so Thad is starting to worry that, you know, who's going to be next. And then he tries to get everybody uh, safe as possible. He's trying to warn everybody, but people just think he's, you know, making it all up and that he's the one who's out there doing stuff, trying to cover his tracks, got some c- accomplice working with him. George is saying, I want to write again to Thad. Thad is like, I'm scared. He's going to hurt my family. And that's what he does. He shows up and kidnaps his or holds his wife and uh, twins hostage. Um, they go down to his, their other house, I believe, in Castle Rock, just like in the book. All the same type of stuff is going on. They just, um, the state police find Homer's truck. You know, that was the photographer. And they got Thad's fingerprints all over it. So they're all, all of a sudden, you know, oh my goodness. And of course, the the description is like, for some reason, Thad wants to live in the world. No. I mean, Stark wants to live in the world. No, that's not for some reason. He wants, he's been cut off and he's dying. And by some act of this weird thing by burying him it gave him a physical body and only one of them can have a physical body at a time and since uh george is not um the one with the physical body anymore his ghost basically had been living inside of his brother's head or spirit whatever you want to call it so once he was basically kind of like um What's the word? Exercised? Like an exorcist? He got exercised by accident through this stupid burial thing. And when he said, I'm not going to write anymore. And that's when George is like thrown out and he's a ghost without a body. And he has to basically find a way to survive. And he doesn't have a choice anymore. He can't live in um, that anymore. Anyway, like I was saying, so of course Thad wants his own body. He wants to exist. He's like any... Any being that has even not sophisticated things will want to live. If you try to crush a bug or insect or something, it's going to try to run away. I mean, it's very, it's like instinct. Everything wants to live. So in the movie, it's a little bit different. The, uh, in the movie, his parents knew that he had a twin. The local doctor lets the cat out of the bag about it to Thad. And about the whole, you know, twin brain tumor thing. Stark does uh, come later after Thad finds this out and kills that doctor. And, of course, Thad gets blamed for that crime because he had just been there. Um, That's when Thad's colleague Reggie realizes that Stark is some kind of entity. Thad believes that he is, you know, his twin. This... um, Reggie guy almost thinks that he's somehow 
something more than that. But I think at the end of the day, it's just his twin, ghost of his twin, trying to find a permanent a place in the physical world. He didn't. He got to live through his brother, but then, it, but now that that's been severed, he has a taste for his own life. He wants to live, and that's when it becomes apparent that if uh, Thad starts writing the book with George, he will start falling apart. Just as Thad. I mean, just as George Stark is coming up looking like a like a weirdo with the his ear falling off and all that stuff, that's kind of there, you know. So as uh, so, he basically is forced into writing this book. You know, he gotten this information about the birds from his um, colleague Reggie about how they are, take people, they herald people to and from the spirit realm, and I think I think that's it. I think that's all that really came of the college thing. It didn't make, it wasn't as dramatic as it was in the book. So, um, you know, so Thad has to sit down and start writing with George. He's holding one of the kids. George is holding one of the kids, not hurting the kid or anything, but just kind of like, I'll take one of these kids' insurance that your wife and the other kid can't run off, you know. So they sit down and they start writing. And as Thad is writing, George is healing. They start I guess something happens and George is, you know, thinking, yes, I'm finally getting my, you know, physical being. And then Thad tries to attack him. And he, um, Thad ends up um, stabbing Stark in the neck with a pencil. Because, you know, Thad can only write in pencil as George Stark. He only, he types his other stuff, you know. So, um... Uh, Alan Panghorn, Pangborn arrives and he helps untie Liz and she tells them where tells him where George and Thad are and he and a huge flock of sparrows arrive because what had happened at the college is that um Thad has taken a bird call from his friend so he read I guess Reggie or Raleigh whatever um and so they I think in the book, it was a man. In the movie, it was a woman. So maybe I got the name wrong. Sorry. Okay, so um, he blows the bird call, and all those birds come in and just, like, rip them apart and take them away. And uh, Thad and Liz are spared, of course, but so along with the twins and Pangborn, and they disappear in the light. And that's kind of like the end of it. And Alan's like, don't worry, I'll take care of all this. Uh, And that's pretty much the... uh, the stupid book. I mean, the stupid movie to go with the stupid book. I am agree with, um, I agree with uh, the wife here. This is not a good book. Okay, so like I said, Timothy Hutton played Thad and George. Amy Madigan played Liz. Uh, Michael Rooker played Alan. Uh, Julie Harris played Reggie Desilips. So I don't know what this Reggie Raleigh thing it must be. I'm reading a, a plot summary because I always forget the names of people, okay? Um, so anyway, the professor that helps them out is a female. Her name is uh, whatever. Her The actress' name is Julie Harris. Um, then there's Fred Clawson, played by Robert Joy. Uh, and then I guess the, the kids. Um, I don't know. That's pretty much the main cast. Um, we don't need to worry about everybody else. I mean... Okay, so let's see how the the um 
let's see how, since this is kind of a thin podcast, because this is just not a good book. So, um, okay, so maybe money was different back then, and it was kind of okay, but it made it to chap to um, number six is how it started. Um, it didn't make his money back if I'm looking at the numbers. Of course, I don't know, like, in the background and all that stuff. I'm sure they eventually went even, but um, they got mixed reviews. Uh, they Everybody praised Timothy Hutton's performance. Okay. Um, so, the screenplay got good, good nods. Okay, and Rotten Tomatoes, it holds 59%, 34 reviews, average 5.9 out of 10. That sounds about right. I would give it like a 5 out of 10 or even a 4 or 3. But anyway, it is, um, it's more of a psychological thrill than a scary thrill is what it was saying. I would say, (laughs) sorry, I'm reading this. This is Roger Ebert gave the film two out of four stars. He basically said that Hutton saved it, but whatever, dude. Um, I think that technically, uh, this movie was just, it was, it was a psychological thriller in a lot of ways and it was written that way too. But as a kid, I remember it being scary because of the birds and how that got was looking weird. So I, I think that it was also a little more scary than you realize, um, for people like me at least. But anyway, uh, Yeah. I think that overall this book was okay. The It wasn't my favorite. I did, did enjoy getting some Alan Pangborn backstory. Um, and the movie obviously was just its own thing. And I don't, I didn't, I, I watched it and I would watch it again just to say I had seen it, but I wouldn't watch it. Now that I've watched it once, once is good for me. But I would, you know, just to kind of through my Stephen King journey, I would always recommend you read in every book and watch every movie if you're into the journey of fandom of the books and his works okay so anyway that's pretty much it um i just it's an okay i think that it could have been done a lot better i think they could have fixed some of the things that were stupid in the book but they didn't they kind of went a different direction and made it even worse and and if you hadn't read the book, I don't know how much you would have understood and vice versa. I don't know. Um, but I, because as a kid, I didn't understand it. Of course, I was a kid watching it. But still, um, I understood a lot more things than, you know, that, I'm, you know. But anyway, all right, guys. So that's the end of uh, this uh, quick little podcast. And I hope you have a great day. Bye-bye.